Hey friends, this is Travis Moffin, one of the co-founders here at Connect Global, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Connection Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us for this edition of the Founders Corner. And today, uh, another great day. I'm excited to be joined by two of our co-founders here, Javier and Daniel Mendoza. Javier and Daniel, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Good, Very good. good. It's great to see you guys. I know that you guys are in the beautiful nation of Honduras in this uh, week of Semana Santa and this week of Holy Week. How's everything going in the country? I know Semana Santa is always an exciting time for you guys in Honduras. <laughs> well, Semana Santa is not exactly exciting for us because things get a little bit ramped up here, but I do think that a lot of the people are excited about it, so that's good. Yeah, the good, the good thing is that a lot of people are off and they are uh, observing Holy Week and leading up to Easter. Uh, so when we're recording this, this is uh, just the, the couple of days before Easter Sunday. Uh, and so this week has been leading up towards that. So a lot of the churches are doing programming. A lot of the other uh, organizations here, are, of course, observing uh, the purpose and the, the meaning behind the week. Um, but it also becomes basically a spring break uh, week so basically like in the states and you know many other countries there's like one concentrated effort to get to the beach or get to the mountains or get to uh, an area of recreation as well so uh, traffic gets congested and a few other things uh, grocery stores close early and there's quite a bit of differences uh, just for this week um, but definitely we're we're glad that most people still see the real purpose and the real meaning uh, for Holy Week and for the week leading up to Easter. Yeah, it's because uh, in Honduras, it help us understand a lot of the businesses throughout the whole country are closed, schools are out, right? Kind of like, like yeah, so a lot of schools go, uh, like I said, almost kind of like the route of thinking through spring break. So uh, a lot of the closed uh, schools get closed, um, and then also you've got businesses who know people are out and about, and they're really not focused on you know coming into town to do commercial business and things like that. Uh, so they'll go ahead and shut down. Uh, that also gives them an opportunity to take their vacation and take their employees' time to, uh, you know, have some time off and recreate and uh, do those things as well. Uh, and then you've also just got uh, churches who are then gearing up for uh, a big week for most churches, most religions will celebrate this week towards uh, leading up towards Easter Sunday as the sort of culmination for this week and really 40 days of of observance. Uh, so you just have multiple people that just really just take this week as sort of a, you know, you're off or you're somewhat sort of um, more concentrated, more um, directing your efforts towards Easter instead of commercial businesses or, uh, of course, schools and other institutions, uh, especially the ones run by the government. Yeah. Well, that's great. And uh, it, it, during this time of year, we hope that wherever you are, if you're watching this, uh, in, a, in a video context or you're listening to this podcast uh, in an audio context. We hope that wherever you are, you have the opportunity to celebrate Christ and what he has done for all of us. I'm really excited about this episode of the Founders Corner because at Connect Global, there's always a lot of different initiatives. There's a lot of things that God has opened up for us to be able to do from providing clean water to providing food um, to uh, helping in the maternity home and care for new mothers. But one of the key uh, cornerstones of Connect Global has been our value that we place on education. 
and helping to raise up the next generation of leaders and the next generation of missionaries throughout Honduras and other parts of Latin America. And it's really been a great joy. So this, on this episode, we wanted to share with you guys a little bit about some of the education initiatives that have gone on uh, in Connect Global, literally from the early, early days of our very first trips. Javier, do you remember, I think it was our second trip to Honduras, and we had an opportunity to work on a school in Kasuna, Honduras. Tell us a little bit about what happened all those many years ago. Uh, yes, yeah, that was back in the day. We've gotten, uh, had, I don't know, I guess dozens of trips since then. Uh, we've had hundreds of people come alongside us and uh, attend a, a short-term mission trip with us. Um, but back then, uh, the focus was, of course, on all community initiatives. It was anything that we could do to support the local community, the local church. Um, we identified through some of those communications with the, uh, the church and some of the missionaries that were there already, what were the biggest needs there. And one of those needs, of course, was education. Um, so not only just education, infrastructure support, uh, you know, helping with teachers pay and helping with um, you know, curriculums and different things like that, but even the physical, tangible things, like the students not being able to meet in their school building because the roof had literally collapsed in. Um, Honduras is right on the coast, uh, and there's always uh, a position for hurricanes or severe weather or um, just brutal season changes. Um, and so, of course, every building and any kind of uh, facility here are prone to damage from storms or just uh, the rapid sort of oxidation of steel and aluminum, things that normally would go on roofs, um, being so close to the ocean. So there's a lot of different elements that kind of come into play. Um, but we mainly just listened. We understood that if we were going to make sustainable long-term change in any of the communities that we wanted to visit, uh, we were going to do that by partnering with the local community leaders. Uh, so we sat down, we listened, we uh, you know, really observed the way in which they were uh, leading their community forward and uh, taking uh, education very seriously. And so we just came alongside them and said, hey, we want to partner with you and in any way that we need to or can. Uh, and so at that time, I think it was either a three or four unit school that they were uh, in Kasuna, Honduras, that they were uh, wanting us to help re-roof. So we brought a team of, of people from both uh, Morningstar Church and uh, Bridgeway Church. So shout out to those pastors, Pastor Joel and Pastor Tony. You guys are, are have always been a champion of all the work going down here in Honduras. Um, and so we put a team together. We brought uh, construction workers, we brought contractors, and then we brought people like uh, us who just wanted to get things done. Uh, I remember Travis working on the chop saw until it felt like his arm was going to fall off and us hoisting up uh, sheet of, you know, metal sheets uh, all day long in the blistering hot sun. Um, I even remember one time we saw a storm coming in, which uh, looked to try and take away our, our day's work and really kind of uh, ruin what we were in the middle of. Uh, and I remember Lee Williams came up and he gathered all of us around, a very smart guy, uh, actually owned uh, and operated a family lumber business in Florida for many, many years. Um, and he just brought everyone down off the roof and brought everyone off the ladders and turned the chop saw off. And he said, guys, we need to gather around and we need to pray that this weather doesn't take away our day because we knew that we had a very finite amount of time to get all the work done. Uh, and we saw the clouds rolling in uh, from the ocean. Uh, and I, as serious as I'm talking to you right now, minutes later, the sky cleared and there was not one drop of rain on the work site. 
Um, and so it was just a fun time. It was a fun time to learn from each other. Um, I know that our sneakers were melting from the metal on top of the roof from walking up and back and forth on those hot metal roofs. Um, the wooden trusses that we were building um, took you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of, of dollars to get uh, the lumber that was needed for that. But every minute that we knew that we were investing our time, our money, our resources, it was for the kids. It wasn't just a building. It wasn't just a property that we were investing in. We knew from day one that we were investing in the people and the kids that were going to grow up in that village, that were going to come to that school, that didn't have to get rained on, that didn't have to cancel classes when the, the um, classroom got flooded. That's what we were doing it for. And so we knew that if we could uh, focus on that, if we could focus on not just the hardship, not the investments, not the things that were the sort of exterior things, but we focused on who is this going to help, who is this going to actually matter to, and it was the children, it was the kids, it was the students, uh, and so that was really the beginning of it, that was the impetus for us, for Connect Global, continuing to always focus on education initiatives, whether it be in teaching material, whether it be in uh, providing clean water for schools, um, whether it was even just re-roofing that school on that very second trip, uh, from day one we've always wanted to uh, provide infrastructure for education to continue uh, because we know how powerful education is, uh, especially in, in Central America, Latin America. Education is key. That's one of the things that we know for sure is that if you get an education, um, your opportunities are limitless. So we've always wanted to uh, participate and partner uh, in community initiatives that focus on education. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I remember that trip, and man, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of hard work, but it was neat to see those clouds roll away and us be able to finish the roof on that particular building. You know, as the years progress and we move from kind of the focus there in Kasuna into the area in La Ceiba, and really from there being able to branch out into larger parts of the country, we were able to partner with a couple of schools. Danielle, would you kind of describe to us what evolved then as we started a partnership with some existing uh, Christian bilingual schools there in the city? Yeah, just picking up from where you guys left off, you know, education has always been very important to the four of us, the original founders of Connect Global, and obviously we see the value in that, and so, you know, it's looked different over the years and how we've invested in that, whether it's been infrastructure or support for uh, faculty and students specifically, but in 2017, we were able to start our education scholarship fund and were able to invest very directly into two schools that are here in La Ceiba in the city that Javier and myself and Sage live in. And we just saw that these two schools were operating with excellence and that the students were really gaining a, um, a valuable education. But in addition to that, they were, they were gaining a Christian background. And so it wasn't just an education, but it was a Christian education. They're getting to connect with, um, you know, just things that are important like morals and character and all the things that you want to be developed in yourself and in your children. And so those principles were being taught at those schools. And so we just, you know, connected with them. And since 2017, investing in Heaven's Door and New Life, we've been able to invest over $40,000 um, into students and their education, which has been really incredible. Um, so that's kind of where it's evolved. It evolved from investing in a roof to you know, kind of putting our heads together and saying, okay, what two schools here in this city can we really 
support and hold up the arms of these people and let them know that we're side by side with them and that was heaven's door and new life. Um, and then it's evolved from there. So that's kind of what we're gonna talk a little bit more about today. Yeah, it's so cool. I appreciate you mentioning that because it's so cool how you just start with the need that's right in front of you. You know, yeah. like Javier said, we, we went to Kasuna, the leaders of the community said, we just need a roof, you know, and we just said, yeah. okay, when we got to uh, La Ceiba, there were people who said, we just need a scholarship. We need a way to keep these kids in the school. Um, yeah. and, and like you said, getting a quality Christian education and so we just said yes. And you know, when you continuously say yes to the needs that God puts right in front of you, he has a way of growing your own capacity and then bringing other areas of, of responsibility into your life and really other areas of kingdom advancement and impact. That way you can start impacting even more lives. So we really wanted to get uh, to this part of the conversation today. So uh, we go from a, from a put in a roof on a school to now a scholarship over $40,000 invested in scholarship funds just in the last few years. That's great. So Danielle, what happened next? Like where are we at on education right now? So we have the very exciting news, as you know, of partnering with another organization who founded a school here in San Juan Pueblo. So we're in La Ceiba and about 45 minutes from us is a town called San Juan Pueblo. And really this organization that we're talking about was just another scenario very similar to all of ours. It was a couple that fell in love with the people of Honduras and felt called to come and make a difference. And so 12 years ago, they started a school and um, they were already in their, in their older years whenever they decided to do this. They had already worked long-term careers in the United States and they had already retired. And after a very brief amount of time of retirement, decided, you know what, we want to make a difference in the lives of other people, and we're going to go all in. And they moved to San Juan Pueblo and started this school. Well, in 2015, when we were living here originally, um, we just had the honor of meeting them. And really what we were trying to do was connect them with another couple who lives in the United States who had talked about wanting to start a school here. And so we had met them and thought they were great and were really inspired by their story and were able to get, you know, partner with them financially and help support them in different ways. But we're really trying to make a connection between them and another couple. Um, and little did we know that all these years later, they would come to us and say that they wanted us to go ahead and take over the school that they started 12 years ago. Um, so. Yeah, so it's, it's been a journey. Uh, we had no idea that back in 2015 when we got to start making those relationship connections and friendships with them, that all these years later they would be knocking on our door one day to say, hey, we think you guys would be the perfect fit to take over something that we started and something that's been so near and dear to us. But they did, to our surprise, and so that's where we all are today. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. So this goal, uh, it's called Cuellas del Maestro, which means Footprints of the Master or Footprints of the Teacher. And uh, about 45 minutes from you guys. Uh, so how many students do we have in the school right now? So we have 172 students. Um, in 2020, just before the pandemic hit, the school had 237 students enrolled, which was the highest number of enrollment ever in the history of the school. 
Um, but then with the pandemic hitting, we did unfortunately lose some students. Now we, we weren't, you know, in stewardship of the school at that point in time, but now I'm referring to it as our students because now we are. Right. And now, we've, you know, we've taken full ownership of it and stewardship of it. Um, but so we, we've lost some students along the way because of the pandemic, but we, you know, whenever enrollment started, the school system in certain cases is a little different here. So our school started in February. Um, and so we were, we only had like 112 students signed up initially, which was a little bit scary and kind of disappointing just because you have to wonder, well, where are these kids and are they getting educated? And so we were able to work very closely with the faculty and the administrators there. We were able to learn from them, hear from them what they thought would be a good approach to winning back a lot of the students that we lost. And basically they described to us that there are some significant challenges that the kids face, like not maybe having access to internet in their home yeah. um, or not having a device that they can use to connect to a virtual class. And so I know, but, go ahead. I was going to say, clarify that just for all the listeners, because it, it, here in the U.S., a lot of the schools are still doing virtual learning or the in-person learning, but at the school there in Honduras, and in really Honduras as a nation, it's also virtual, right? Yes, so they have not, uh, the Secretary of Education has not yet cleared us for in-person learning. Yeah. So all of our students are still learning virtually, um, which, you know, it's, it's not very different here than it was for many parents all over the world. It, it presents a new set of challenges just because parents have to work and you still, of course, want to make sure your children are well cared for and are being educated. Um, but the unique set of circumstances come in here compared to the United States where devices aren't as readily available or the resources for the device or the internet to connect to the virtual class. So we were able to just sit with the, the faculty and really just learn from them, like heart and eyes and ears wide open to say, what do you think would be best and how can we get those students back and how can we make a difference in this community? And that's, that's basically where they told us to start was let's get tablets in the hands of the students who need them most and take it from there. And so we were able to do that um, within the first 14 days of us having stewardship as Connect Global of Las Vegas del Maestro, we were able to get 31 tablets in students' hands, and we've been able to do webcams on teachers' computers and some just different things that really needed to be done to make this virtual learning environment possible. Um, but I think one of the things that really stands out to me is that from the beginning, the four of us as, as founders have always been very intentional with relationships. And really we don't, where we are today and everything that God has done, I believe one started with our relationship with him first and foremost, but then has evolved from that in the relationships and the people that he's brought along our path. And so to me, it's just very cool to see that, you know, there was um, Pastor Allen, a man that you had met here in La Ceiba, who has in turn introduced us to this couple who then all these years later asked Connect Global to be stewards of this school so just to see how God places people in our lives and gives us those relationships to steward and then from that gives us the opportunity to participate in his plan I think is really amazing and 
the, the icing on the cake is that you get to help hundreds of children. So. Yeah. And I want to say too, the specifics about, you know, just, you know, basically 12 months ago, this country, like many countries around the world, went into complete lockdown. Um, I know that you know different countries had different varying levels, and even today, um, different countries in Europe and different countries in Latin America have very, very strict uh, control still over in-person gatherings, school, any kind of governmental uh, entities are, are really kind of uh, restricted on a lot of things that they can and cannot do. Um, but I want to say, as a shout out to the faculty that's in place right now, they weathered that storm as well as they could. Yeah. Um, against all odds, against resources, against um, even the backdrop of two back-to-back -back hurricanes last year. Yeah. Uh, our team now, uh, then, just did whatever they could. I know that they were meeting kids at their homes, trying to bring printed schoolwork and worksheets and check in on their students all along throughout the pandemic. Um, when the hurricanes hit, obviously doing wellness checks and making sure that their kids and their students uh, were still you know, intact, their families were still uh, okay. Um, and so I want to definitely give them credit where credit is due because they really handled this pandemic uh, just about as well as anybody could, given the set of resources and the set of circumstances that they were really truly facing. Um, because of course, uh, many of you listening and many of you watching, uh, your kid also had to go into some form or version of uh, distance learning, uh, virtual learning, uh, the Zoom calls and, and Google Classroom and things uh, became very ubiquitous very quickly. Um, but the, the difference, like Danielle was pointing out, is the difference in resources, the difference in infrastructure support access. That, and the access that they had at that time. Uh, and so that was one of the first things we wanted to address was the physical infrastructure that would allow a more comprehensive virtual learning experience to happen. Uh, and like Danielle said, we started out with a deficit in enrollment and in students coming back to school this year um, because of those things, because they could not see a way to uh, enroll in a school in a digital or virtual format without having those digital tools. And so one of the things that the teachers asked us was, was this going to be possible to get some of that technology into those students' hands? And that's how we immediately recouped some of those lost enrollments, some of those students that just thought, man, there's not going to be a way for me to continue my school and they were going to lose the year and maybe have to drop out completely. Um, but we were able to, to put a stop gap there and we were able to get those uh, you know, those tablets and some of the other technology into their hands so that they could then say, yes, I want to continue my education. I want to continue coming to school um, because I know that worldwide that has been the problem. That has been the problem, especially in the more rural areas and the more uh, underdeveloped cities and, and, and countries where they just don't have access widespread to uh, broadband internet or to uh, you know, a very expensive tablets, what would be considered very expensive technology upgrades in their home. It just wasn't gonna happen. Um, and so we're just proud and, and we're grateful because uh, many people were able to donate and give towards the education fund and towards uh, some of the other uh, initiatives that we've made into getting some of those technology uh, resources to them. Um, but we still need more. We still have uh, an opportunity right now to rebuild two computer labs. We need to prepare those computer labs for when the students do return. Um, we know, just as sure as anything else, that the virtual format of learning, even once we gather back in the classroom, is not going anywhere. I know that many of your students, many of your kids, um, of those of you that are watching and listening right now, may have multiple devices 
that they use to connect to classes even when they're still gathered. They can still get uh, updates and notes from their teachers. Uh, you can sign things electronically. Technology is not going anywhere. Uh, and so our investment at Las Huellas del Maestro is nowhere near uh, the end point. We want to completely structure this school for the 21st century and beyond um, because we know that technology is here to stay. Technology is one of those things that can connect someone's imagination to a world that they've never met, they've never seen. Uh, we can take uh, virtual classroom trips to uh, places around the world. We can connect them to teachers uh, in Florida and in Texas, people that we've got relationships with that they can now teach virtually in a format in a cross-cultural environment. Um, there's so many more opportunities that we're looking at in this school year and then beyond uh, the 2021 school year, but it takes partners, it takes people like you who are interested in making sure that the tools that the kids need, that the students need, are there and available and are in their hands. Uh, and like I said, that was one of the main things that we wanted to do right off the, uh, off the jump because we knew that we could recoup some of those kids, we could bring them back into the classroom, uh, even virtually. And as soon as the uh, Secretary of Education opens things up safely and that we know that, you know, of course, uh, widespread, we're going to do it safely and with the, the biosecurity safeguards and me uh, measures in place, we want to get those kids back. We want to have the library ready, we want to have the computer labs ready, uh, and we want to have our uh, teachers ready with all the tools that they need to complete their jobs. That's awesome. You know, different schools that even at the elementary, junior high, high school level, they're kind of known for different things. You know, there's schools here uh, in the U.S. that are a STEM school where they focus on the arts or different things like that. And uh, one of the things I was so excited about is you guys were uh, kind of giving some of the initial reports back from the time there at Huellas is that the Huellas School in that region is already known as a high academic awarded school. They have won community awards and things like that for their academics already. And then, uh, Javier, you've always pushed us on technology and, and doing things well and, and making sure that we have the technological infrastructure to sort of share the message. And I love the focus for this school of taking what is already in place as a great foundation and like you just said, a great team and helping the school advance in technology because you see around the world, regardless of, of the economic um, uh, uh, capacities of a particular nation, uh, technology can be that sort of great equalizer where yeah. people in a, in a more fluent nation or a more impoverished nation if they can learn technology, it opens them up for opportunities and jobs and career situations, you know, all over the world. And that's one of the beautiful things about technology. Um, just briefly, as we're wrapping up here, there's one other component about this school uh, that we see that's always been in our heart uh, that, that we see implanted into this school as it becomes known in the community for, for kind of the new administration, if you will. And that's our desire to raise up missionaries. And uh, just speak to that for a minute about ideas and, and plans to incorporate a missional perspective for these children. They're already getting a Christian education, they're already a Christian school. But what does then adding missions uh, specifically to that mean for these students? Yeah, I think that's a great uh, kind of segue into sort of the the next steps and the, and the, the overall vision uh, for this property and for this uh, community that is already created as a secondary and primary school. Uh, it's been on our heart for many years to create also a school of missions, uh, a place where we can create 
uh, a synergistic sort of movement of people who are already feeling called to ministry, already feeling called to maybe cross-cultural uh, work somewhere, you know, in another country, that, uh, in a culture outside their own. Uh, we've known this from, from day one. Um, you know, what we're doing here by living in Honduras is part of that preparation, part of understanding the psychological and the emotional and the uh, theological things that come into play when you're moving across cultures and you're moving in a place um, that's not your own, that doesn't share the same language, doesn't seem the same, uh, share the same cultural upbringing in a lot of ways. How does that work in a way of being effective, being long-term, being sustainable, um, not just going in to disrupt, but going in in a way to create, going in to moving into a cross-cultural uh, arena to create uh, opportunity, to create advancement, to make an, uh, initiatives like education and clean water and, and other things that are life-giving. Um, what does it mean to do that in a very intentional way? And the School of Missions has always been sort of this, um, the backdrop of some of the vision that we've had in all of these initiatives is finding a way in which we can find people from Venezuela or from uh, Brazil or Latin America or, or Europe or the United States, bring them together, allow them to learn from each other, allow them to create a team so then that way no one's doing it alone. We, that's one of the things that we've learned for sure is that we know that we can't do this alone. We can't do this just each other. We can't do it without our partners. We can't do it without our uh, the people partnering in a financial way. Um, there's just so many things that go into it, but we want to teach that. We want to be able to uh, share that in a more structured format to where people can come into the School of Missions uh, with just a desire, just their heart, just a calling that says, hey, I think I'm supposed to go and move uh, to Mali or move to uh, Pakistan or move to uh, uh, Spain. There's some something that is calling and propelling them to do that, um, just like something that propelled us to come and create opportunities here. Every you know, Everyone that has come to us that has said, I want to learn to do that. I want to figure out the way to do that, but do it in a way that doesn't harm uh, the culture that they're going to, that inevitably also doesn't harm themselves because uh, it can be very isolating and very lonely, and so there's a lot of things that we've learned uh, over the past few years uh, that we can now implement in a very structured, strategic, and academic way to make sure that people understand that this is not just pack your suitcase, get a passport, and just move to another country. Uh, because if you do it that way, nine times out of ten, you're probably going to get hurt yourself. Uh, you're not going to be as effective. You're not going to be as helpful. Um, but if you can learn to do it in a very strategic uh, culture honoring way in a way that creates sustainability it creates uh, the access points to uh, a long-term vision uh, like what Connect Global has created here uh, then we can I think really implement some change worldwide um, so the School of Missions is still burning inside of us it's still something that we want to create it's something that we want to evolve uh, into something that is organic in structure something that is uh, you know, grassroots people can come and, and find this place, um, but that once they arrive, that it's going to be something that is very strategic, very academic. Um, people can can go and turn from okay, I just feel this thing or I just feel this calling to okay, I'm on the mission field and I'm successful and things are going uh, well. Um, and for those who come and go through the program and and maybe feel like man, this is a lot or this is too much or I can't really you know uh, achieve that that next level up. Um, then maybe it won't be the, the right place, but that will be the, the sort of uh, testing ground, will be this school of missions, is finding out the people who are just called 
and turning them into missionaries rather than just allowing them to try and become missionaries. Uh, we want to be very intentional about those relationships. Um, and so how we see Las Huellas del Maestro is just the seedbed. Um, we can see this where from kindergarten all the way through graduation, we're instilling those values, we're instilling uh, a sense of, you know, the world is larger than yourself and, and there's someone out there that you can serve, that you can uh, take care of and, and really give to. Um, that, that's where even the technology comes into play, where we can learn about new cultures and new languages and we can um, start introducing second and third languages into our school. Um, because this is a global world that we're, you know, that we're uh, moving into. So we're not educating people to stay in the same place. We're educating them to move into the rest of the world. Um, and that goes for our primary, our secondary school, and it'll go for our school of missions as well. That this world is too big for us to, to stay in one place. Um, we believe that the Great Commission mandates us uh, to move into the outermost parts of the world. Um, and so we really truly believe that this will be both a biblically sound, theologically sound uh, teaching uh, arena, but it'll also be a very strategic, uh, just practical, practical uh, gathering of people, a cohort of people that can change the world. Yeah. That's awesome. What an incredible opportunity to start introducing the gospel and missions and a missional perspective to kindergartners, first grade, second grade, third grade and then all the way through this full-on training uh, program to be able to deploy missionaries. Man, you know, God is smart. I mean, he like, he knows how to put things together and uh, guide you in the right direction. So that's really cool. Danielle, people may be listening and thinking, man, that's really awesome. Here's this education scholarship fund. Love that, I can help keep kids in school. Here's this whole brand new school, this Juez del Maestro school. Uh, where directly every day uh, Connect Global has an opportunity to pour into these students. If people listening wanted to find out more about either of these opportunities in regards to our total education initiatives or ways to even give into that financially, you know, everything that we do here at Connect Global is donor funded. So we have people who just partnered with us in prayer and coming with us and uh, so many people partnered with us financially. How could people get more information about the Education Scholarship Fund or the Poyas or even give into that? They can visit our website, connectglobal.org, um, or if you know us on a more personal level, feel free to reach out to any one of us directly. We, we never get tired with any of the questions. We love when people are engaged and want to learn more and want to know more. Um, so if you know us personally, reach out to us. We would love to talk more about it. And um, if you're more comfortable just hopping on the website and kind of scrolling through and seeing what all we're up to, then that's connectglobal.org. And like you said, we're fully donor funded. We don't, we don't get grants from the government or anything like that. Um, we're just funded by people who sacrificially give and that's how it's possible. And so we're grateful for everyone who's partnered with us over the years, um, you know, there's four founders here at Connect Global, but there's hundreds of people that make it happen. And so we're, we're grateful for every single person and for everyone who believes in this work and believes in, in the four of us and our, our ever-growing team that's over, over 30 people now, which is just mind-blowing, but very exciting. Um, so yeah, just connect with us personally in a, in a personal way or hop on our website and learn more information there. 
That's awesome. Guys, so exciting. Thank you so much for just kind of sharing what's going on in education in Connect Global. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, like I said, whether you're either in a video format on Facebook or Vimeo or YouTube, or you're listening to this wherever you get your podcast, thank you for taking some time uh, just to spend with us and learn about the impacts uh, that we're able to make in Honduras. Um, you know, God has always given us such a global vision and then connected our hearts right there in Honduras and from the city of La Ceiba, we have opportunity to reach out into so many different nations. And we see investing in the next generation through education as a way to continue to share the good news of Jesus around the world. So we so appreciate you guys spending some time with us today. Thank you for uh, just joining us on this podcast. As Danielle mentioned, if you want more information, check out the website, connectglobal.org. We love you guys, and we'll see you next time on the Connection Podcast. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for watching. If you'd like to learn more, connect with us at connectglobal.org.